Adventure Fit Radioers, second episode of Jared Fleming, who is a two-time national weightlifting champ. Again, this this very educational and well-spoken interview with Jared. We talk to him about his training and nutrition, how he approaches PR and his Olympic goals and aspirations for 2020. We really hope you enjoy this episode, but before we get into it, it's brought to you by Audible. Get your free 30 days and free audio book at audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio. It's also brought to you by Adventure Fit Travel, which is our mother company. Jump on their website. You will see that they have just released their Philippines trip for 2016. Very excited to go to this. It's November 1st to November 7th. Join Dimitri Klokov for a whole weightlifting seminar and hands-on coaching. Plus, we get to go cliff jumping, free diving, zip lining, and a whole heap more of awesomeness. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Until next time. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. No touching of the hair or face. And that's it! Yo! Discovery Roger, go for deploy. Where did we come from? Are we alone in the universe? What is the future of the human race? I'm with you if you want to live. I did. some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die. So, I can't remember where we left off, but we're talking about um, talking about um, your uh, competitive side and what, what you've done. So, you've blown your ACL out with the clean. So what type of training are you doing in rehab now? Um, where are you at with it all? Yeah, yeah. So uh, so I had surgery uh, like two or three days after Christmas. Uh, yep. Merry Christmas to me, right? Yeah, um, that's had, right. <laughs> had, had surgery a couple of days after Christmas. Um, so I'm about four months out from surgery now. And honestly, my, my recovery has been great. Um, things have been going really smooth. Um, I'll make 100% recovery. Um, everything's good. Um, my strength is good. My balance is good. Everything's great. The only thing that I've really struggled with is my flexibility. Right. Getting my knee to completely bend has been by far the worst part of it. It's just, there's so much scar tissue in there. You know, you, I tore my ACL and had my meniscus repaired. So I wasn't allowed to bend my knee for like six weeks. So I got a lot of scar tissue in there. Um, so just forcing it to bend has just been, been rough. But do they take um, a lot of meniscus out or do they repair it? No, well, uh, so I opted to have them repair my meniscus instead of pulling, cutting it out because yeah, I didn't cool. want to have uh, uh, like arthritis and and uh, different things on down the road. So they repaired it, um, which you know will make it slightly weaker than it was before. Um, but it also takes a long time for your meniscus to heal itself because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of blood flow. Um, but but yeah, so but it's going really well. Everything's been been going great, and um, I just I went to the Olympic Training Center today actually um, because I'm here in Colorado. And uh, had them take a look at it. Uh, I haven't seen them since I had surgery. Um, and uh, they said everything's looking good, so uh, I'm on the right track to be back weightlifting. I Beautiful. actually, you know, I'm actually, I'm actually hoping to have my first weightlifting competition in December uh, at the American Open, and just 
you know, not not going to win, but just to go to compete and and show that I'm back on the platform. Oh, that's great. That's great. Good to uh, good to have a goal set. So, um, when you're, uh, let's talk a little bit about training. So, what's your um, what's your nutrition like, Jared? Tell us about and and what do you walk around at as well? Like, do you have to eat a lot of food to be a, a solid 94 kilo weightlifter, or are you? Um, what's your metabolism like? How do you manage your weight? What do you walk around at? Yeah, you know, everybody's different. Um, like a good, you know, my good friend uh, and training partner, Travis Cooper, you know, he's like the exact opposite. If he eats much of anything, he just gains a ton of weight. Yep. But me, my metabolism is super high. So when I'm training, it's always been hard for me to keep weight on. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I try to eat pretty clean in the sense of I try to get grass-fed beef and uh, pasture chicken and stuff like that. Like I want to get clean sources of, of food. Um, but I do eat, you know, I try to get, you know, like one gram, you know, per pound of, uh, or, or two grams per kilogram of body weight and protein yep. and, and plenty of carbohydrates and, uh, um, you know, and, and fats and things like that. And, you know, um, I, I followed nutritionist, um, guidelines before. Um, and you know, I don't really like it. I I've been lifting for so many years and, and with my background in kinesiology, I really just like to follow what my body wants. You know, I, I just start to crave certain things and, um, like, you know, whether it's chicken or rice or whatever. Um, and I would just kind of eat what my body, you know, felt it needed and I would maintain weight pretty well and, um, and found I was performing well. Um, so I just try to eat clean, you know, try not to eat a lot of fast food, try to eat meats that are, you know, that are raised responsibly and not full of hormones and, uh, antibiotics and, um, and pretty much that's, that's the approach I take to my diet. So, what do you walk around at then? So you're obviously not struggling to make 94 or, or like are you kind of not struggling but you still walk around at 96 and come down from there? How do you prepare or do you just walk around at 94 kilos? No, you know, I usually walk around um, between 96, you know, on the lower end, 98 kilos at the absolute highest. So usually yep. I'm around 97, you know, and I fluctuate a little bit. Yep. Um, whereas some people cut water weight and some people cut carbohydrates, you know. What I found works best for me is rather than cutting, you know, carbs or fat or protein, I just cut everything down, but keep the ratios the same, you know? So I maintain exactly what I would normally do. I just bring the total volume down. And the other thing, you know, I, I, I drink a lot of, uh, raw milk, uh, with protein, um, which has a lot of calories. So the, the biggest thing I do that helps me lose weight going into competition is I just bring down the number of shakes that I drink. Um, and, and I, immediately will lose a kilo and a half. Um, and then as I approach competition, usually the week before competition, I just bring the volume of food I eat down. Um, and then usually I don't even have to sauna. I actually prefer not to, to cut weight in the sauna anymore. I used to, but I found I was so groggy from doing that, that I actually preferred to cut, um, food volume rather than, uh, than sweating. Um, but yeah, it's pretty easy for me to make weight. Um, I just, it's been pretty comfortable for me. When you when you cut the food volume, is that just in the last? I'm not sure if you just answered this and I missed it, but is that in the last week? Because obviously, I'm not sure. But are a lot of your competitions? Are you still testing a couple of weeks out? Are you going having a heavy week before you have a, a rest week? Is it easier to cut your? Um, is it just the last week? It's really easy to cut your volume down of food because you don't have to recover recover because you're not doing as heavy a session or. Yeah, pretty much, man. I mean. So the week the week of competition, say I compete Saturday, so Monday through Friday, you know that's a, that's just light. My body's recovering, yep. and so that's when I really start to cut the volume back. And I don't cut it. I mean, I'll still eat three meals, four meals, five meals a day, 
you know, but they're just smaller portions. Yep. Um, and that's, that's exactly it. I mean, you hit it on the head when you said, you know, the volume is less, the intensity is less. So you need less, less food, less nutrients to, to recover, you know? Cool. So that's exactly it. Hey, um, Jared, you mentioned before, uh, saunas and you obviously use them for recovery and that stuff. There's a lot of, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Rhonda Patrick. I haven't. No, I'm not familiar with her. Um, yeah, she was, a. I think she's a biologist or I can't remember to be honest, but she was on an episode of, um, Barbell Shrug and she was talking about the, um, the significance of saunas and, and heat therapy in, um, in the effects of recovery on the body and just how, how good they are at, um, spiking your HGH levels and all this sort of stuff. Do you, do you, well, I mean, obviously when you were training, um, full time, were you using saunas a lot? Was I was I using? I'm sorry, sauna. Sauna, as in a sorry. It's probably the, uh, oh, the sauna. Sauna. Little, sauna. 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 Gotcha. Sauna. Sauna. I was like, am I using? Am I using the soreness to help my child? I was like, what is it? Gosh, the, the little language barrier. What are these fucking Australians on about? about? These Australians are retarded. Um, you know, I I didn't use the sauna much, but I have seen the studies. Um, but you know what I did use is uh, I. So I really like to use the ice plunge to help my joints. My joints feel a lot better. But what I what I also found is I really like to do like the cryo baric chamber. Yep. Uh, I think I said that right. The cryo chamber. Yep. Um, where it gets down to like, you know, very sub freezing temperature. Like I'm I'm not sure what it would be in centigrade. Um, but like negative, oh God, like oh, down downwards of like negative 100 and some odd Fahrenheit. So yep. super cold. Yep. Um, for about three minutes. And I found that I felt great. I slept great um, because your body at extreme temperatures, whether it be heat or or cold, your body will produce, like you said, human growth hormone along with some other uh, mm. hormones. Um, and, and yeah, I, I swear Just to keep by you it. alive, basically. Yeah, and I didn't use the sauna a lot. That wasn't you know my favorite, but I know that Kendrick, who you know two time Olympian in weightlifting, sure. he saunas like just about every day, or at least when I trained with him, he would sauna. There's a sauna in the gym. And he would use it like every day, and he swore by it. So, um, but yeah. there is something to be said about uh, putting your body into extreme temperatures and it responding with uh, growth hormone. Well, it's funny. Um, yeah, Clockoff, Dimitri Clockoff, who's a good friend of Adventure Fit. Um, he uh, he absolutely swears by saunas um, and heat therapy, so massage and all that sort of stuff. But we were speaking to a, a physio um, just last week, actually Anthony Lowe. Um, he does a lot of the CrossFit um, guys. And he was talking about no matter what it is, um, everyone's an individual, and whatever relaxes you mentally is probably is probably doing a, a good thing. So for me, um, cold temperature does the complete opposite, and yet for you, it does um, something that's very beneficial. My friend who plays um, football loves the idea of getting on a few beers on a Saturday night, <laughs> and um, obviously we all know that from a physiological perspective that's shocking for you but mentally Boosting just relaxing the HGH yeah that's right just <laughs> all the testosterone yeah. <laughs> 3 3am 3 on a Saturday night yeah, my testosterone levels are pretty high he's not <laughs> drinking HGH he's drinking GBH mate <laughs> so nah, Jack you're out there um, you're, you're a straight edge fella I love you <laughs> but it's just interesting how different things work for different people isn't it oh yeah man I mean it's really mind over matter whatever whatever you know, you can do things that will, you know, scientifically decrease your body's ability to perform. But if it gives you a mental or psychological edge, I mean, the, honestly, the mind is, you know, the the most important thing when you're be, when you're a great athlete. 
you know, if you have the mind of a champion, then, you know, you're going to succeed. Mm. You know, I mean, if you, if you have a couple beers and it brings you down, it brings you, you know, your stress levels down, you're able to relax and be in the moment, then, you know, then that's, that works for you, even though physically it may not. I mean, that's, the mind is, is an amazing thing. And if you can learn to, to tame and harness that whatever way you need, then, then that's going to help you, you know? Definitely. So hey, do uh, you- Okay. Sorry, you go, Mac. I was going to say those uh, that cryo. What did you just say? It was a cryo thing. Cryotherapy chamber. Yeah, I uh, I'm really interested that you can do that in three minutes because the benefits of sauna is about twenty minutes plus. Mm-hmm. So, what you just jump straight into this? I don't even know what it is. A, a bath, a tube, a. It's uh, so what it is is uh, you'll have to look it up. You'll have to go online afterwards and type in cryotherapy. And what it is is it's like um, it's like a they have a couple ways they do it, but the ones I've been in, it's a stand up, um, like chamber, and uh, you you step in, and it's got a liquid nitrogen tank hooked up to it. They turn the liquid nitrogen on, and it sprays it into the chamber that you're in, and uh, you have to wear gloves, and you have to wear like boots on your feet, what and then you go testicles. In- they they pretty much go up into your stomach. They're non-existent for about three minutes. Wow! You, you leave the you, testicles you, out the door with your shoes, and then you take them when they're done. They look like yeah, the yeah, umbilical yeah. cord on a two-week-old baby by the time it's done. Yeah, <laughs> they look, yeah, little little raisinets. But uh, or for you, Bill, when you just look down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you just leave on your underwear. You get in. They drop the. I mean, this immediately you start shivering. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's basically the more extreme the temperature. The, la- the shorter the duration that you need to be in, you know, a sauna, you can only get to a certain temperature where it becomes dangerous. Same thing with, with cold as well, but uh, that's why it's only three minutes because it's such an extreme temperature. Um, and, and then would you go to a hot shower after that? Is it like cold hot therapy or is it just no. that and then you just slowly warm back up to room temperature? No, you want to warm up slowly back to room temperature. It's, it's totally different from contrasting where you go hot tub, ice plunge, hot tub. It's, it's, that's that type of, contrast is more for um blood flow and and moving nutrients uh through the muscle as far as what i've what i've learned from it whereas this is strictly about um your body releasing hormones and this uh, is post training or is this just on your day off before bed we're first thing uh, in the morning either, either way um like i never before working out either after training or on a rest day um, either is good. And, uh, actually, you know, I just remembered this. It was actually designed for, uh, people with uh, severe chronic arthritis, um, for whatever, you know, they showed that it really helped substantially with joint pain as well. And that was what it was, what it was originally used for. Um, so yeah, but I found it worked really well with my joints and, uh, I slept better and felt more recovered when I did it. Joe Rogan, um, Joe Rogan swears by them on his, he's always talking about going to the cryotherapies on his podcast. Yeah. I've heard him talk about it countless amounts of times. Oh yeah. It's funny because I have never seen it anywhere around Melbourne. No, that's why I'm not not familiar with it. I don't know if they're, obviously they're just things take time to spread. Like we've got, um, float tanks. I don't know, like sensory deprivation tanks. Jared, have you, you you would have, um, are they popping up in the U S or they've been around for a while? Cause in Melbourne, they're sprouting up everywhere, but I haven't seen the cold therapy. Yeah, well, you know, the first when we talked about your back, God, I think that was about a year ago now. When you said it, that was the first time I'd ever heard of it, and yeah, I've, right. I've heard of it a couple times now here, but I've never been in one or seen one. But I, I do know what you're talking about, like a salt water bath that, uh, yeah, basically, yeah, filled yeah. with um, filled with Epsom salts and um, magnesium, so that your 
obviously it soaks into your body, but it lengthens out your spine because it's the only time ever that your body's truly unweighted. Obviously, you know when you're sleeping, your joints are all bunched up and you're still They're putting still lots gravity. of pressure on pressure on your body. Mm. So yeah, you're able. It's like the Dead Sea or the, or the Red Sea, whichever one it was, where it's so salty and so much um, in the water that you'll float. And yeah, you just let your spine elongate and um, obviously all the minerals that are going into your muscles and stuff as well. And it's also very good for mindfulness and spending a bit of time. A lot of people try and get into a really trance-like deep sleep in there or a lot of people spend that time um, meditating. I think, Mac, you um, you it. serviced yourself in there, I think. Um, you were telling us. <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> Sorry, Mac. Um, I think a bus just came in. <laughs> but, um, when you were in the yeah, tent. But they're, they're pretty good though. I really, I really like them. I haven't had a chance to check out the cryo chamber, um, but I'm over in the States in July in California and I think I'm going to give it a go. Nice, man. Yeah, dude. I think you'll, I think you'll like it. Mm. Cool. So um, we kind of talked about in that last little bit about mindset. Sorry, Mac. I'm just making sure we're, we're, we're still good, mate. Oh, yeah. I just want to go back and uh, revisit another tank now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. So, um, so talking about mindset... Do you meditate, Jared? Uh, you know, I, I do, and uh, not as much as I'd like to, and I've been finding more of an interest in it. And, and what's interesting is uh, I actually had a, a, a great friend of mine that I used to live with and train with named Cameron Schwartz. He's a super heavy. He started meditating before me, uh, met a guy that was like a sports therapist and was p- helping put him through meditation. And uh, I met with this guy, and he kind of taught me the basic uh, fundamentals of meditating. And uh, I started seeing that my, you know, the mental part of my training started getting better. Yep. But yeah, and ever since then, that was a little over a year ago. Ever since then, I've, I've taken a, like, a huge love for meditation and what it does for, for the mind. Yeah, it's awesome. I think it's great for, um, great for training and great for just keeping you, um, mm. keeping you... Do you do it every day or, is you, or do you just do it to clear the clutter when things get overwhelmed? Um, you know... Uh, it's funny when I meditated in training for training, it was a little different. It was more like a guided type meditation through like, you know, whether it was visualization or kind of convincing myself that, you know, I could do anything and that my body was capable of anything. Um, so it was less of like a clear your mind type meditation and more of like, you know, preparing your brain that it can, you know, that Mm. it can handle anything and your body can handle anything. Um, and I would try to do it every day. Whereas now, when I meditate, it's more based on trying to clear my mind and, you know, and, um, uh, basically just relieve stress and to just be more at peace. You know what I mean? It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of evolved into something different because now that I'm not focusing on my sport, I'm more or less just focusing on, you know, you know, dealing with the, the negative effects of, you know, not being able to train and compete, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, visualization is a, a massive uh, positive, certainly for weightlifting. I notice when you approach the bar, you uh, are talking to yourself. What do you say to yourself when you put your hands on the bar? I mean, usually I'm just, to be honest, at that point, I'm just telling myself that I'm going to fucking rip that weight over my head. You know, I'm just, I'm just psyching myself up and pumping myself up and and, and you re, do that in you know, an angry, aggressive way, or are you calm, like saying you can do this and positive affirmations, or you're, you're fucking weak or whatever? What are you doing? It, you know, it depends, man. Um, I take a little more controlled approach to the snatches because it's a little more of a fluid movement. You know, the, the more pumped up you are, the more mistakes that you're, you know, you could possibly make. So in the snatch, I'm a little more laid back, you know, but I'm still like, all right, let's fucking go. Let's do this. 
But when I'm about to take a max clean and jerk, I'm just trying to get as pumped up as possible and just literally move that bar as hard and fast as I can, you know, because that weight's heavier and it's not quite as technical of a movement as a snatch. I'm just literally, I mean, I might be telling myself, like, don't be a little bitch. Let's just, let's get it and just pumping myself up and just doing, you know, doing whatever it takes to get that bar overhead, you know, Are you whatever that is. visualizing as well in the back room? Um, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll sit there. So, you know, in competition you have, you'll kind of come up and sit in a chair and wait for your turn. And, um, sometimes I'll just be listening to my music and, and kind of clearing my mind and just, you know, just letting the, you know, the music just kind of drown out all my thoughts and I'm just sitting there, you know, and sometimes I'll be thinking about the next lift, you know, the music will drown out everybody talking and everything like that. And, um, and that's why I like music so much is because it takes, it takes all the noise, all the sound around you and gets rid of it. And it's just you and you know what I mean? And that music just drowns everything out. Not less, not necessarily listening to the music, but drowning everything out and focusing on the, the, the task at hand, right? But that's a, that's being, a form of meditation in, the in that situation, isn't it? You know, you don't have yeah, to be just, sitting there silently. Uh, the basics of meditation is just to clear the clutter. So if you use music to do that and and just to be totally present, then uh, then mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, just being in the moment, you know, one lift at a time, just doing what you got to do to make that lift in the moment, you know, whether it's visualizing the lift successfully three or four times or just clearing my mind and just waiting for the opportunity to do what I've, you know, trained all this time to do. And would you approach a uh, PR lift different to another lift or do you have the set routine that no matter what it is, you've done your meditation, your visualization, your music, you've said you have positive affirmations, does it not matter what weight is on the bar or do you put a bit of something extra into your PRs? You know, um, it, it's, it's kind of like this. On the days that I'm not going to be going to a PR, I'm not, you know, the zone, like you're in the zone, you're everything's, it's just you in the moment, you know, you're in a you're in a form of like meditation for an hour, you know, where it's just, you got your headphones in and you're just focusing on the next lift, the next lift, the next lift. And the whole session, every single weight is the same, you know? Um, but I think it's more like on the days that I know I have to be there, the, from the bar all the way to the top weight, I'm in that zone, you know, I'm, I'm visualizing the next lift. I'm clearing out everything. I'm in the moment. Um, but on days where, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I might go to 90%. I might not be in that zone, you know, I'm having fun. I'm just you know i'm taking video i'm analyzing my list yeah you know but on the days that it's it's you know do or die it's 100 percent. i'm just in the moment there's nothing else so it, it's not just the the pr it's the days that i'm gonna pr it's every lift up into it i'm in whole time awesome hey um if that makes sense yeah so what about your training jared are you um as far as pr um heavy days are you how often do you actually test your lifts what is your um what is your year round training schedule look like how many comps and and how many times will you go heavy and test outside of the competition floor um well usually so you got um so usually at the international level you have two international meets a year so you'd have like pan ams or you know, or the or the Commonwealth Games or whatever. But, like, for us, I think for you guys, you have Commonwealth Games. We have the yep. Pan Ams. Yep. Um, so we would have Pan Ams and World Championships. So there's two international meets a year. And then usually one, you have to go to one, if not two, national competitions. So, like, I would have to go to nationals to qualify for Worlds. Yep. Um, and then sometimes you might have to go to the American Open to qualify for Pan Ams. 
Yep. Um, so it's usually three to four competitions a year is about it. Um, and then you might have some little local meets here and there just to, to practice, you know, being in that competition environment, but you might not go, you know, balls to the wall. 80, 90% um, kind of, your, of yeah, your, what you could probably put yeah, up. Yeah, like, yeah, like 90, 95%, you know, but that you save that last 5% for, yep. you know, the, the national, international competitions. Um, and as far as training goes, you know, it, it just depends because you could go to like, a hundred percent of your PR, um, for a five rep or a 10 rep max, you know, where you're not going to a PR attempt for a single, but you might be going for a PR for a set of five back squat. Yep. So with that in mind, you know, I might be going for a PR attempt every, you know, in some exercise for some rep scheme, uh, you know, like maybe once every two weeks or once a month, but as far as going for a PR in the snatch or clean and jerk, I mean, that's much more rare. I mean, that's really only, you know, at competitions or maybe three times a year, leading up to those competitions, it's not very frequent. You know, you got to think when you've been lifting for 13, 14 years, you know, if yeah. you had a linear rate of, of hitting PRs then you'd be, you know, way above the world record. So like it, it's sure. funny, whereas I go to a lot, I teach a lot of these CrossFit, uh, uh, or I teach weightlifting to a lot of CrossFitters at camps and they're always, you know, they'll hit their PR, you know, twice a week, yeah. you know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's just, you just you can only do that for so long before you hit a uh, hit your limit. So but CrossFit's got their hilarious PRs. It's like, oh yeah, I just got a seventeen PR calf raise. It's like, oh yeah, cool man. Or or I just got a twenty five kilo snatch PR. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah I know. Yeah. <laughs> what? Because now it's yeah. twenty five. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny they the you know a lot of not just CrossFitters you know but you know new weightlifters they don't understand that you know, Hey, you're going to go for a PR today. It's like, no, you, like, no, I'm really not, you know, mm. going for a PR is very rare. They, they're so used to going for PRs that they don't have the under the understanding that, you know, when you've done it for so long, PRs become fewer and fewer and farther mm. between, you know, it might be three years before you hit a snatch single PR at a certain level. You That's know? what I was going to ask is what's the, what's the longest you've gone for a, without a PR. And then what, what kind of, what advice do you have for people that might be stuck out there as well you know what for, to, to stick at it or what's the advice the, the longest time so in 2011 when i broke the american record total oh the snatch clean jerk and total for the junior division um it took me three years to re-break the total that total that i did so it took me right. three years to do more um and you know my advice would be find whatever you're weakest at and fix it, whether yeah. it's flexibility, whether it's your mental game, whether it's your back squat, whether it's your pull, whether it's whatever, find your weakest par- parts in your game and fix them. Because, you know, I had those three years where I didn't hit any PRs. And at the end of that is when I hurt my back, you know, it was, mm-hmm. I was pushing harder and harder at the things I was good at. Um, and I was never bringing up the weak links and, uh, I wasn't going anywhere, you know? Yeah. Um, I, my, my thing that I've learned in all my years of training is find your weakness and work it, whatever, you know, and constantly assess that every six months, every three months, you know, assess what your weakest at and target that. And that's how you constantly improve is by always targeting your weaknesses. Yeah. Cool. Um, Tommy's got a, Tommy's got one, um, you want to go to a did you know Tommy yeah Tommy's got something for us Jared we're just going to break it up we're going to and then we'll have a little bit more uh, of a chat and we'll and then we'll um, we'll get you out of here but um, we got another quick segment (laughs) Tommy's just brought up what is it Tommy I'll let let you go okay Uh, so just did you know I'm just going to give you a few (laughs) fun facts of the day Jared that you can take home 
Um, <laughs> did you know that 8% of people have an extra rib? Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> that sounds Excellent. interesting. That's good. All sounds right. interesting. And that's the segment. <laughs> <laughs> I've got oh, one you more got for you. You got a good one? Yep. Or a real one? Ralph Lauren's original name was Ralph Lifshitz. <laughs> so you can see why it changed it, obviously. That's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. I know. Ralph what? That's all I've got. Ralph <laughs> that's all you got. Lifshitz. L-I-F-S-H-I-T-Z. So, Ralph... Lift shit. Okay, mate, can I grab the uh, Ralph Lift shits with a 1.25 litre Coke and uh, just hold the mayonnaise? <laughs> oh, God. Learn something new every day. It's a beautiful polo you've got on there. Yeah, it's a Ralph Lift yeah. <laughs> Is it really? All right, so, so um, Jared... Let's, I'm sorry about that. Tommy, Tommy showed me his laptop. He's, he always comes up with a couple of riddles or um, little did you knows. But look, we'll um, we'll get you out of here soon. Lots, what's next for you with um, with your weightlifting? You're back on the platform hopefully in December. And how? What's the plan? When do you when do you when do you plan to be back at your best? And what's the end goal for you with weightlifting? Um. So yeah, I mean December is what I'm looking at as far as getting back on the platform. Um, a hundred percent. I think, um, realistically, I think, let's see, probably be around a hundred percent by nationals next year. So like mm. about a year from now, I think I'll be back around a hundred percent. Yep. Um, and to be honest, you know, right now I'm, I'm not able to do full snatches or clean and jerks yet. So, you know, I've actually, you know, started doing some CrossFit type stuff just to be in better shape, you know, yep. uh, just to mix it up, do some different movements, you know, train some cardio. Um, and in this time, just, just getting healthy. And, uh, to be honest with you, I, I'd like to, uh, compete in the CrossFit open next year and just see how I do, you know, I just cool. want to have some fun. I can't compete in weightlifting right now, so I want to do something I can be competitive in. So I'm, uh, I'm act tentatively looking to do a little CrossFit for fun and, uh, do the open and, you know, who knows, possibly qualify for regionals and then just go from there along with, uh, getting back into, in full swing of weightlifting. And as far next, as my uh, goals, Matt and Fraser. Weightlifting, yeah, yeah, man. Cool. And, you know, Matt Frazier is a great friend of mine. We actually used to compete against oh, wow. each other. And, uh, yeah, we used to room together at nationals and on international trips. We're actually really close. We talk um, even to this day. And I just talked to him the other day a little bit. Um, and what and, about yeah, the and, 2020 Olympics? Yeah, you know, and, and that was what I was just going to go to, too, is, you know, my goals haven't changed. You know, I've, I've always wanted to be an Olympian. And, uh, you know, tearing my knee is just another hiccup in the road, but that's not, that's not the end. You know, that's just, that's just a bump in the road. I mean, I'm 20, I'm 24, I'll be 28 in 2020. And, and I feel like that will be my peak. So, um, right now just looking to have some fun, take a little break from life, just stay fit, stay in shape. And then, uh, you know, about a year from now, really get back into full swing weightlifting and, uh, and start, uh, you know, chomping at the bit to, to the 2020 Olympics. That's awesome, man. Uh, realistically, you'd 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 have a go at the um, 2024 as well. I mean, you'll be 32 by that stage. So there's a lot of weightlifters. How old's Kendrick? Kendrick's 30. I believe plus, I believe Kendrick's 30. Yeah, yeah. 30. May, yeah, I think he's 30 now. And Colin Burns is like 32 or 33. Yeah, for sure, um, man. So, so yeah, I mean, if my body stays healthy, which I you know I I think I take pretty good care of it, um, then yeah, I could certainly be even looking at 2024. Um, which, you know, Hey, if I still love it, which I, you know, I've loved it this many years and I think I'll continue to love it. Um, I, then, yeah, I think 2020, 2024 are both definitely in the, the scope of reality. Yeah, for sure. Good stuff. Um, 
All right, what we'll do, we'll go to um, nine from nine. So that's three questions from me. This is our last, this is our last segment um, we've got for you, Jared, and then um, we'll let you get out of here. So I'll start us off with um, my three questions. And uh, so are you a well-traveled man? Oh, yeah. I've been all over the world, man. I've been to countless countries. I've been, awesome. to, I've been to every continent but Antarctica and Africa. Sick. You, um, I remember we were talking before our Japan trip last year. You were keen. We were trying to get you, trying to get you over to make it happen. And, jeez, uh, you missed out on that one, man. That was so much fun. Japan's weird. Is it? <laughs> yeah. But awesome at the same time. Just such a culture shock and so pretty and stuff. So, um, hey, anyway, my question to you is, what's your favorite destination you've ever been? It can be a small town, can be a big city, can be a nation. You can, yeah. What, what do you got? Let's see, man. I've been to so many different countries and I see so many things. But the coolest, the the, for whatever reason, I when I, I was in Israel in 2012, and uh, I went to the Dead Sea, which you know you mentioned earlier, and a couple other places. But just being in Israel, I, for whatever reason, I just felt really good. I liked the vibe. I liked how I felt. Cool. Um, and uh, I think Israel being in the Dead Sea was was. There's so many places, and I've enjoyed so many other different experiences. It's it's tough to say, but I really enjoyed uh, Israel for whatever reason. So just the feeling I got being That's there awesome, was uh, yeah, yep. That's awesome. That's one we haven't had before. That's for sure. Um, mm. Second question is similar vein. Can be anywhere. What's your dream destination? Dream. Uh, as of recently, my uh, dream destination. Uh, and it's actually interesting because I think I'm going to go there in October, but I want to go to Tibet. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think me and my uh, girlfriend, are, we're going to go to India uh, in October for like a month or so. And uh, we're going to, I think, try to go to all those Asian countries and uh, definitely want to hit Tibet. So I think uh, of some of my recent interests, I think Tibet's where I want to go. Cool. Nice one. And um, thirdly, if you're stuck on a desert island and you've got three things to keep you sane, what are those things? You've got things to keep you alive and, you know, you've got all that. What are the three things to keep you? <laughs> uh, it's a big question. Playboy. Playboy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the best answer we've uh, had. Some, vod- <laughs> some vodka and... Uh, some a woman? No, I'm just kidding. The, <laughs> the, the G-rated things I would take with me. Um, no, all right. Uh, beyond, beyond the things to keep you uh, sexually sane... Um, <laughs> No, um, I don't know. Let's see. Probably, uh, you know, it's interesting. You guys ever seen that show, Naked and Afraid? Uh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. My dad yeah, was on there. No, I'm joking. <laughs> g- gives you an idea of some of the things. I would probably take a, uh, oh, a tarp to for shelter and something to collect rain with. Yeah. Um, cool. A knife or some some form of knife. Actually, uh, just for cutting yourself. Actually, I don't know. A tarp, a flint. And then either a knife or a gun with with a bunch of ammo, because then you could just easily hunt your food and um, shoot stuff. <laughs> but you need a knife to cut the animal open, so I don't know. Oh, uh, see, now we're getting back into a, the you a, consciousness you a, um, matter thing the again. And... Hmm. Gun with a bayonet. There, oh, you know what? There you go. Boom, perfect. <laughs> doubles is doubles. Awesome. Those two things. That'd be what I would take. Well, Sweet. now you've got one more, don't you? Gun with a bayonet. Top. Oh no, no. Sorry. Where was I? <laughs> Hey, what do you uh, got, Mac? Jared, my three questions. What's your morning ritual? Uh, as of lately, just sleep in until I can't stay in bed anymore because I'm too sore. But uh, <laughs> no, um, 
morning ritual uh i i like to um I've, as of late i've liked to uh, uh we just moved to a lake house about three months ago so i like to just have some tea my you know my girlfriend likes making tea just have her make she makes some tea and then go sit out on the the deck and just watch the lake and just relax that's usually that's as of late that's been my morning ritual wow that's a pretty good morning ritual <laughs> yeah, isn't it you got any stress in your life mate <laughs> you got a trillion dollars in the my, bank Jared, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah you know it's my swiss bank account pretty full so <laughs> that's what i was thinking uh talking about money if you had only one thousand dollars left what would you do dang that's a pretty that's a tough one man I thought I was going to be able to answer all these in like a matter of 30 seconds. If I had $1,000 left, oh my God. And I, could, I couldn't make any more money. That's it. No, right? no, like, no. So, see, I asked this question because I want to know, uh, don't take this the wrong way, the smart people versus the not so much smart people. <laughs> because you could say, I'm going to take this $1,000 and invest it or you could say, I'm going to blow it all on cocaine and hookers. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was what I was going to say is, is can, I, good, can, good I, can I – my question was can I make money with that money or is that the last $1,000 I'm ever going to have to spend? Because if I can never – if that's the last $1,000 I'm ever going to have, then cocaine and hookers <laughs> is the way to go. But I don't get how that's the, the dumb case, thing to what say. What percentage of cocaine and what percentage <laughs> yeah. of hookers? Yeah, that's right. Fifty-fifty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. That is so much cocaine. You gotta, oh, no, and, then, and then do them both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you i would find some way to make money off that money and then um grow from there that's the, uh, I, was thinking I, both but I don't know i don't know what that includes i don't know and no nah, that's that's cool you can say i would yeah. find a way to use that money to make more money yep. to then not only have a thousand dollars in my bank account yep that's that's a good answer so what's the number one item on your bucket list Spend, make the Olympics, man. That's yep. what it's been my whole life. That's that's what my life has been centered around for so long. Just making the Olympics, man. That's that's it. Great, good job, mate. Right. Hey, Jared. Um, Sue, who was your biggest role model growing up? Biggest role model growing up. Mm. Um, biggest inspiration. Probably. I don't know. Biggest inspiration. <sighs> I don't know. I want to say my dad, to be honest with you. I mean, my dad was a great guy. I, I He was a great guy, great father. Um, I mean, always motivated me in the gym and in life. Um, my dad, I hope that someday I can be just like him. Excellent. Good answer. Um, what do you like to do in your downtime? So when you're not training, when you're not coaching, when you're not uh, doing this and that? Coconogas. Coconogas, <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, coconut hookers. Yeah, but that with my last with my last thousand. Yeah, um, yeah. My biggest my biggest hobby, honestly, um, is dirt bike riding. Um, I you know I grew up on a farm and uh, I ha- I've been riding dirt bikes since before I started lifting weights. And uh, there's nothing like keeping you in the moment and being in nature for me. Like riding a dirt bike, that's just my that's my thing. That's my go to. And if I'm ever feeling stressed and I need to to get out and relax, I'll just hop you know hop on my dirt bike and go for like an hour ride to the woods and uh then life's better so that's mm. my uh that's my hobby i like it okay and final question mate um if you could have three people to dinner dead or alive who would they be and why three people to dinner mm. man throughout all at the history same time or, or, uh, all at the same time a friend oh man that's that's interesting i would say um one of them would probably be 
Uh, Einstein. Ooh, good I one. feel like awesome. the, just the 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 knowledge and the vision and the things that that man must have. I, I would want to pick that guy's brain and mm. see his perspective on life and on the universe. I mean, that man was in his deathbed writing down stuff to pass on. I mean, just the wealth of knowledge that guy must have had. I think that he would be one of them. Um, probably would talk to um, what's his name, the Tesla, Nikolai ah, Tesla, cool. another awesome. guy who just created damn near everything yeah. that we use today, like the radio or and all these things. I would want to talk to that guy and just see where all this knowledge um, and, and everything came from. I'm so interested in knowledge, you know? For sure. And then the third one, I mean, this might sound crazy, but uh, Jesus, you know, if, yep. if history has proven that he's, that he's uh, actually, you know, if history proves that he was a real person, um, that would be the number one person I'd want to talk to, like to find out the secrets of the universe, man, Yeah, that, that of all the people in history, he would be the one to give it to you. So the, imagine that. So I would say that those three people would be, uh, the three I would probably sit down and uh, have dinner with. Imagine those, that, that oh. lineup. <laughs> well, I was just going to ask, I mean, that is one hell of a dinner party. What, um, what, uh, what are you serving? A them? weightlifter, a sea parter <laughs> and two scientists. Yeah. What do they, yeah, yeah. what does everyone eat there? Do you go with paleo or? <laughs> I think uh, what does everybody eat? Is that what you yeah? Said? What would you what would you give them if you invited them around for dinner? <laughs> would you just go to Macca's and get some steamed hams? Yeah, we you know hey guys, we're gonna go get the I, I'm on a thousand dollar budget here. <laughs> yeah. I don't have much I don't have much left from the Coke and hookers, yeah. hookers so so we're gonna have to go we're to Macca's these and hookers. get some double cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Einstein, you gonna be okay with that? <laughs> I, to be honest, rather than dinner, I'll probably be like, hey guys, I got a grand left. Let's go, let's go blow some lines and some uh, hookers. I and definitely think Jesus would be up for that. Do you reckon I should delete that? We're going to eat these hookers and <laughs> oh, I'm a nervous about that. All right, Jared. Um, that's been an awesome show, man. We've got so much from it. Um, before we go, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, man. Um, my uh, So... Uh, my website is uh, AmericanLifter.com. Um, you can find everything on my website as far as you know upcoming training camps, whether they're in the U.S. or Australia or wherever. Which, by the way, anybody that wants to host a camp in Australia, um, email me at uh, theamericanlifter at gmail.com. I'll, bu- I'll um, jump in there um, and just say, when I did the Parab- uh, Parabellum, I think it was the Parabellum camp two years ago, we paid about $500 or something really, really achievable. It wasn't over the top. It was three days with Rudy and Jared, and it was 100%. I'm not saying this because Jared's on the phone. It was 100% the best seminar out of innumerable seminars that I've done when it come, uh, came to weightlifting yeah, and CrossFit. Yeah, has been the yeah. best yeah. I've done yet. Yeah, um, awesome. Oh, th- thanks a lot, man. But yeah, I would love the opportunity to come back to Australia and, and bring my father and uh, do some, some uh, like a whole series of... Uh, of training camps over there would love to do that. So anybody interested, like I said, email me at the American lifter at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but also on my website, you can see, uh, uh, we have programming. Um, we also, my father and I just started doing personalized programming for weightlifting. Um, you know, the program is written completely to you, your weaknesses, what you need to work on. Um, every, you know, completely in and out individualized programming with video review. So if that's something you're interested in, also email me, um, 
but yeah, check, check that out. Check out one of our camps. There's some programming, uh, on my website, AmericanLifter.com. And, uh, Cool. That's about it, man. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh, one last, where can people find you? Social media at what are you at? Yeah, man. Uh, for Instagram, uh, Jared F ninety four, and then on Facebook, just Jared Fleming. Uh, add me as a friend. Uh, love to, you know, have you guys see what I'm putting out there. And then my athlete page is Jared Fleming Athlete. So if you guys are looking for any of that, uh, and then also uh, if you like, I said if you're having any uh, back issues or things like that, and you're looking for some direction. Um, go to YouTube and type in Jared Fleming back and you'll find two videos. You'll find a stretching video and a strengthening video, um, all related to, uh, getting your back healthy. And it's the exact, uh, routine that I did. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, lots of people have, uh, gotten in touch with me and said how much it's helped. So I really hope that, uh, you know, if you're having issues, take a look at that and hopefully it can uh, give you some guidance. Good stuff. Excellent. Thanks very much, Jared. Yeah, thank you guys a lot for having me, and uh, love the topics, love the questions, and uh, I kind of enjoyed the tangents of going <laughs> yeah. off uh, on some uh, uh, existential questions. It was it was fun, man. You know what? We'll do another show, and we'll just talk about that shit the whole time. <laughs> five hours, be awesome. five hours. <laughs> All right, go on forever. Yeah, cool. thanks, thanks a lot, Jared. Yeah, have a good one, guys. Alrighty, that's a wrap. And that concludes the two-part series of Jared Fleming. Hopefully, you guys got a lot out of it. I'm sure. Uh, Well, I know I did. If you did enjoy this episode, and even if you didn't, subscribe on iTunes. You can find our show notes at adventurefittravel.com forward slash podcast. You can join our mailing list so you do not miss out on any updates, blogs, or promotions on any episodes and everything Adventure Fit. Until then, adios.